Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again. Remember in our last episode that we were in John chapter 14. And Jesus is speaking really comfort to the disciples. They had just gone through some uh, serious understanding about some things. Peter just found out that he was going to betray the Lord before sunrise. And the disciples had just had the betrayer revealed to him, though they weren't quite aware of that yet. Judas had left and they thought he was going to fetch some stuff. And Jesus had told them that uh, he was going somewhere where they couldn't go. They didn't understand that. Peter tried to clarify, and Jesus said, well, you'll come later after me. Well, then we saw in the last episode, that that first verse of John 14, that Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. They had several reasons for their hearts to be troubled because of the things they were believing. But Jesus was telling them point blank, don't let your hearts be troubled. And I can't emphasize that enough, that there seems to be a degree of control over this. We can choose whether to allow our hearts to be troubled. We can choose whether to not be troubled. And Jesus tells us in the last part of the first verse how to do that. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. So it boils down to this. Are we going to believe God or are we going to believe the situation and the circumstance? If we get distracted by situation and circumstance and our hearts are troubled, it's because we've chosen not to believe God and chosen not to believe the Lord. And we're functioning in a form of idolatry in exalting the situation and circumstance rather than the Lord. Then in verse 2, he said that in his father's house were many rooms, many mansions, as the King James says. And then the ESV, in an interesting kind of way, uh, states this as a question. Jesus says, if it were not so, would I not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? In other words, he had been telling him that he was going to prepare a place. And he said, if it wasn't so, would I have done that? Well, the answer is, well, no, he wouldn't have. And he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, which he's about to do, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. So he's answering a lot of their inquiries, but in doing so, he's bringing forth even more questions. He's letting them know that even though he is leaving, he is returning. And when he returns, he's going to take them to himself. And then this great promise that where I am, you may be also. So he's telling them, okay, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm actually going ahead of you. I will come back. I'm going to do something here. I'm preparing a place for you. And then I'm going to come back again. And then in verse four, he says, and you know the way to where I am going. Well, that's sort of set them all because the next verse verse 5 Thomas said to the Lord we do not know where you're going how can we know the way and so you can see that they're rather confused about this well Jesus is about to give them uh, even more exciting insight into it so Thomas says how can we know the way verse 6 Jesus said to him I am the way the truth and the life No one comes to the Father except through me. And so as Jesus often did when he was speaking to them and talking to them about various things, 
He's given multitude of layers of understanding. You know, they're thinking sort of in the natural that he's going to a particular place. Well, he is. He's coming back again. And they're saying, but we don't know the way. He's letting them know what the important way is and what the purpose of the way is. So let's just work at it backwards from what it said at the end of verse 6. No one comes to the Father except through me. The way leads to where? To the Father. We so often forget that, and I mention it from time to time, that we need to be reminded that all that Jesus did, <coughs> excuse me, everything that he did on the cross when he came to earth, when he took on his uh, the form of a body, this was done to reconcile us to Father. So he's saying that no one can come to the Father. No one can be on the path, the way to the Father, to reconcile the Father with the Father except through me. And that's the reason he declares this verse that we know so well, but we understand a little better now because of the context. That Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. He is the way to the Father, the way of reconciliation to the Father. He is the truth. He is life itself. He's already talked about it in John and the examples that John had given us with the various signs that he's the river of waters, okay, that he's the bread of life. That he's the ultimate healer. What he done with Lazarus and healing. And Jesus is saying that I am the only way. No one comes to the Father except through me. That verse right there completely and totally uh, eviscerates every other quote-unquote way to be reconciled with God. Man has come up with multitudes of ways to do so. But Jesus himself says, no, he is the only way. Jesus is not a way. He's not an option. He is the way, the truth, the life. He is the only option to be reconciled to the Father. But Jesus continues speaking, verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen me. So he's letting them know. If you've known me, if you believe me, and the ones he's speaking with right here have, Judas has left, okay? Since you've known me, you've known the Father. And from now on, you will know him because you have seen me. Now, he's about to leave them, but something's going to happen, and he's going to give more insight than that. He's going to send another of a like kind. He's going to send the Holy Spirit to them, okay? But he's letting them know that you have known my Father, and you do know him now, and the reason you know him is because you have seen me. That begs the question for each one of us. Do you truly know the Father? Have you truly seen him? Have you truly seen the Son? Have you truly experienced the Son? We would do well to ask those questions of ourselves because so often there are so many that are so religious and so active within religious organizations. And, you know, on the outside, when people look at them, they do good deeds. They seem to be good people. They seem to be nice people. And they totally can be. And yet they are not truly in right relationship with the Lord. They have not acknowledged that he's the way, the truth, and the life. They haven't repented and confessed and called upon the name of the Lord for salvation. They're very religious, yes. Sadly, a lot of times they think they are saved. 
They think they are in right relationship with the Lord, but they're not. And so uh, only each individual can do what it said in 2 Corinthians, examine themselves to see if they truly be of the faith. Uh, today would be a good day for each one of us to do that. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me, and I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.